Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on What Chaos, panic setting in north of the border for several Canadian teams. More news from the 2010 Blackhawks. Are the Sharks the worst team ever? Are the Ducks the best team ever? Subscribe to What Chaos on YouTube and follow the show on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. Chaos! Happy Monday, everybody. It is What Chaos. First full week of the show. DJ Bean, Pete Blackburn. What up, Pete? Hey, how are you? Good. How was your weekend? Uh, I was good. I uh, I decompressed a little bit. It was a stressful week last week. We can be honest about that. It was the opening of a play. We both said uh, we both had like the same thought, which was very glad there was no show on Friday because we were both gassed, but we missed it which is a good sign. I want to do a show where I know that we're already going to get like some jitters on Friday because we've talked about this. There's three hockey days. There's Tuesday, million games, Thursday, million games, Saturday, million games. We're not doing a Sunday show because this is a religious program, but <laughs> Very. Friday coming off Thursdays, we're going to be like, Ugh. I know, get us to Monday. Let's do a show. It's okay though. Cause we got a lot of shit to get to when we come back on Mondays. Me personally, I actually had quite the weekend. Thursday night, I uh, took in the Blue Man Group. Oh, that's right. Squatted up with them, actually, oh if you want to. It was amazing. I, did you know what Blue Man Group does? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been around forever. I don't know what they I do. I don't know what they do. Yeah, no, I don't so, know what they do, but I know that they've been around. They came out. They played a bunch of drums. I knew there was going to be paint involved. I didn't know that there were splash zones in the audience where they give you ponchos because you're going to get wet and soaked with paint. Uh, half of it is them drumming, the other half fucking with the audience. Okay, going into the audience, putting paint on people, like it's a crazy ass. There show. marshmallows involved at all? I remember they had a. There's a gross marshmallow thing. Where do they catch it with their mouths? Throwing it, catching it with their mouths, and the guy was he sucked in like 500 marshmallows, and I was like, okay, I want to Google. My phone was in my pocket, but I wanted to Google like, has a blue man night. group ever needed the hospital? <laughs> Like they need to like rush someone to the hospital. He sucks all the marshmallows in his mouth and then he takes them out. And it's exactly what you would think it would look like. It's gross. And then he puts it down and then he took out a sign that said like $500, put it in front and was like, if anyone wants to buy this $500, except he didn't speak it because they don't talk. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what though. Sounds like a weird party. It was, well, the NHL is a weird party. Sharks outscored 20 to three over the weekend. Bruins and Golden Knights suffered their first regulation losses. Jack Hughes, we now know, is week to week with his injury situation. Blackhawks sued by another member of the 2010 Black Aces. We'll fill you in on that. Andrew Manjapani suspended for one game for his cross check. And Yaro Halak, 17-year vet, reportedly on a PTO with the Hurricanes. We need to note, after putting together this show's rundown, what are we, Pete? Uh, we are a happy show. Oh, we are a happy show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We are oil men and a happy show. Well, we're fun guys. Yeah. Well, we're also oil men, so that we can't be that happy when we're <laughs> oil right. men. But we're not. And I know the last episode was a lot about uh, Michael Landlauer's absolute fucking bang piece mm -hmm. of a press conference. This show is a lot of fun, and it's not always going to be. This is what's happening with this team that's bad. It's just that right now, a lot of funny, weird, bad things are happening with teams. I do know 
that longtime followers of our collaborative work will be happy we're introducing this segment for what's going on with a couple of teams. Pete, it's, it's Monday, Monday and people are pissed. Who's pissed? Uh, the Oilers are pissed. Connor oh, yeah. McDavid is a little pissed as an oil man myself. You can see the Oilers jersey back there. Uh, I love me some Oilers, mainly for how insane they are. But things not going great in Oil County. They're 2-7-1. and one. Mm -hmm. They just had a bad loss at home to, we can say it, a not amazing Predators team. Shout out Ryan O'Reilly getting a hat trick, though. Just All this those, is their season. Their wins, they got two wins on the season. First one, uh, Nashville, again, not very good. Second one, Calgary. Number one, not very good as well. Number two, kind of a fake game. It fake was an game. outdoor. I, we hate to say it. Like, I love the outdoor games, but they're kind of fake games. They, you, they don't really count as, like, a, a legitimate victory. So, to this point in the season, the Oilers, that's a lot of red on that schedule. And things are just going extremely poorly across the board. And, I mean, McDavid coming out after the latest loss, again, to the Predators, which you say, like, that's a, not a great team. They've split with the Predators. Like, the Predators aren't, like, a bad team. but They're a, I think, like, a work-in-progress team. Like, they're the Oilers like should beat the Predators. Right, but I also thought, and we'll get to this after we hear from McDavid, I thought the Oilers would stumble a little bit out of the gate just because what would that team do with Stanley Cup expectations yeah. on it? Probably struggle a little bit. I didn't think it would be this bad. Here's Connor McDavid after. we Do we, we don't have Connor McDavid? All right, Connor McDavid after s Sunday being like, it's death by a thousand cuts. One mistake turns into two mistake, turns into three, which is emblematic of a a disorganized team, and that's always kind of what the Oilers seem to be. Yeah, but so the thing with the Oilers is that you usually have to take the the bad with the good. Mm -hmm. To this point in the year, there hasn't been much good. Like, you know, dry Seidel and McDavid above a point per game, obviously, they're always gonna be that. Um, but you know, you McDavid missed a couple games, but like their goaltending has been atrocious. 867 save percentage between Stuart Skinner and Jack Campbell. Uh, that Jack Campbell deal looks awful right now. Mm -hmm. He's got four years left at $5 million. Uh, their bottom six is doing nothing. And the big problem with that is that they can't, they can't like swap any of those guys out because they're so tight to the cap that they can't really make any moves. So basically your options at this point, if you want to shake things up, is you either have to fire Jake Woodcroft or you have to make a trade. So I'm glad you bring up Campbell and I'm glad you bring up Woodcroft because I think the easiest button to press is Jay Woodcroft and you change out the coach. This isn't really a coaching problem, I don't think. I think it's a dissatisfaction with the roster problem. You mentioned Campbell. Horrible contract that we knew was horrible like two months into it. Right? Like, he was supposed to be... They needed a goalie. Like, you knew that it was an overpayment two seconds into yeah. it, but, like, if he was an average goalie, he he gets them closer to a Stanley Cup. He just hasn't been average. He was supposed to be the Olmark to Skinner's Swayman. Mm -hmm. And I think that when the veteran you bring in to bridge the gap with a younger player isn't solid, that younger player now has all this pressure on them to be the guy... And we saw moments last year where Skinner was, I guess, the guy-ish in the playoffs, clearly not ready. Mm -hmm. Their goaltending, not great. Their overall roster construction, obviously, if you have McDavid and Dreisaitl, you're in great shape. But one of the questions that's going to exist for as long as these two are together, and we'll get to how much longer we think they'll be together, is can you build a roster around two guys making an absolute dick ton of money? McDavid right now, currently making a dick ton of money. Drysaddle right now, not making a dick ton of money. Eight and a half million dollars, two more years left on that. I was going to say, it's, will be. Will be on his next deal. bad contracts around that that have basically taken away the opportunity and luxury of building around two, two superstar players that way. The nurse, nurse is making... Two and a half million dollars too much. 
Yeah. No, you don't see it that way. I mean, I I think I don't see it in the way that like obviously you have to you you pay your good players. I, I do think like what you were saying is that they they spending their money wrong around them, which is correct. Like I, so, I guess I'm agreeing with yeah. you. But I don't I don't see it that way in like the you can't win by playing by paying two or three players a dick ton of money. You no, absolutely no, no, can. no. I think right. the question is, right. can you do that? And but the, the, lazy, the is, lazy pushback is always, well, you, you can't win. Like, because you'll point to the Toronto Maple Leafs who right. do oh, the no, same no, no. thing. I am absolutely not victim blaming here. And that's what that would be because McDavid and Drysaddle are victims. Right. They're doing their job. They're fine. It is very tricky, though, to construct a roster around two massive contracts. Right now, you have one massive contract. You have like one and a half in... McDavid you just have to do everything saddle. else right, and they haven't. <laughs> but, and look, I love me some maligned, very good, albeit overpaid defenseman. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I was, even as an oil man, I know he wasn't super uh, overpaid, but like I always liked Adam Larson. Mm -hmm. I like Darnell Nurse. I'm a huge Seth Jones guy. I'd rather have the good defenseman than not have the good defenseman. Right. But if you're in a situation like the Oilers... You can't have Darnell Nurse, who probably is like a $7 million defenseman, right? Yeah, but here, here's... Making 9.25. Right, but here's the problem is that they give out those... You can have those overpaid good defensemen who are somewhat of a liability, but you need the, the steady guys on the cheap. Like, you need to find the stay-at-home defenseman who sort of evens out those more unpredictable liability-type players like a Darnell Nurse for, like... Two million bucks, and you can get them. It's just you have to identify them and and pay for them, and and kind of like you said, you have to you have to make the right decisions with the smaller contracts, and they haven't done that. Um, my my question to you is like, how close are we to critical levels of Oilers panic? Because like, not even just you mentioned dry settles two years away from free agency. Yeah. Like, if this year is shot in a month or so, do we start getting into a discussion of, like, well, at what point do you consider unloading Dreisaitl? I think that we know in a year if shit's going to hit the fan with the Oilers long-term. Because, like, long-term, what you need to have for the Oilers is both of those guys locked in and then hopefully try to do the... Well, I, we'll talk about other stuff that happened with these teams in a bit, but like you try to do the like early 2010s Blackhawks thing of like, we can have super high paid guys. We just need to draft well and have superstars on entry level contracts. Correct. And then once they come up, we flip them and we try to sustain it that way. I think that in a year, if we don't see dry sign when he's a year out from free agency, then that's when you know things are kind of hitting the fan there. Because remember, Dreisaitl, and this is like one of the better contracts Peter Shirelli signed across any of his teams, signed eight years and eight and a half million dollars off his entry-level deal. That's an amazing contract. Incredible so deal. he probably feels like he's due a bit of, if not an overpayment, not a hometown discount. Well, it's I think also going to be probably his last big contract. Right. And McDavid, I think, might be more inclined as the captain. It's not necessarily fair, but to be like, hey, I can get sponsorships everywhere. I need to be the one that doesn't go $14 million or whatever he's going to get once he comes up. But I think that the Oilers have to look at Drysaddle and be like, he's going to cost us $12 million, something like that. And if he doesn't want to take that, then you get into... All right, do they move Leon Dreisaitl? Again, this is a next year thing. Yeah, I think right. that, but you get your answer, I think, from him based on whether he signs like as soon as he's able to. Yes. Somebody in the chat said, like, what trade can the Oilers actually make? I, I would say, like, it doesn't need and it probably won't be a big trade. It needs to, it just is like, if anything, just a shakeup, because like I said, they're so bad on the cap right now that they can't even like really move too much around in the bottom six. And like, it's one of those situations where if guys feel like their jobs are safe, there's no real fire in the room. And like, again, you're not getting anything out of your bottom six. So even if it's a very minor trade, it sends the message like, get your shit together 
or you'll be packing your bags. Like, get a little more uncomfortable in here. And right now, the vibes are just so bad in Edmonton. Obviously, the record's bad. The team's play is bad. You also have uh, Evander Kane's ex sending out tweets and tagging Connor McDavid and, like, making fun of his fiance and, and shit like that. Like, things are a circus there. It's crazy right now. The call that I would have made if I were Ken Holland other than my resignation call. The, the call I would have made if I were Ken Holland was Boston, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, $5.1 million, Boston, Lena Solmark, $5 million, and I don't know what picks would need to be involved. If you're with the Bruins, uh, you don't make that trade. I, I don't, like, if I were the Bruins, and I'm a Olmark guy, but if I were the Bruins going into this season before you knew what Patra was, like now you don't make that trade. Right. But in the offseason, as everyone, myself included, is crying, where are the centers? Then be like, yeah, like Nuge can yeah. come play center for you. And then everything can kind of slot right. As you said, though, like you don't do that now if you're Boston. No, but not. if I were the Oilers in the offseason, I would have been looking for more stability in net. And yeah, then from there, you try to, I don't know, like retain they they on Skinner, Campbell. Though, and Skinner him. looked good for most of last year. So yeah, but I don't blame him for you that. You have to learn the fuck. I mean, we've seen it a million times. We saw it with Carter Hart. We saw it locally here in Boston. I won't make everything a Bruins reference, but like the Bruins kind of learned with Andrew Raycroft back in the day of like, okay. Calder, awesome. <laughs> get out cool. while you can. Yeah, like, like you're the only you're thing. And then, like, he Yolk comes Costanza in. with goalies. Right. And, I mean, they end up turning him into Tuka Rask. But even Tuka Rask, who was, like, one of the great goalie prospects, like, ever by the time he hit the NHL, needed Tim Thomas to take a lot of the, the starts off of him. So yeah. they should have done something in that, even if they liked Campbell. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, Skinner. Things aren't just bad in Edmonton. They are also extremely bad in Ottawa right now. And we did not have the McDavid soundbite, but we do have the Brady Kachuk soundbite from this weekend. So I say let that rip, Sean. Thank you. It's frustrating, the, the negativity from the outside. It's um, the constant booing and, and uh, uh, kind of from the crowd too tonight was, um, I understand that they're a passionate fan base. I understand. I love it. But, um, I mean, when you face adversity, you don't, you don't turn your back on uh, the, the guys out there. I mean... We're playing hard. Um, I know it's frustrating right now, but it's not like we're we're giving up out there. We're fighting to the very end. So, um, to be honest with you, it's um, I, I was I was very frustrated tonight. It's it's interesting because like this is one of those situations where I don't think anybody's in the wrong. Um, like I definitely don't blame Senators fans for booing that team just because the team stinks right now. The team's a mess off the ice right now. They got to be exhausted and just being like, listen. We can deal with all this bullshit off the ice if you just get it together and give us a good product on the ice. So, like, I don't blame them for booing and being frustrated. I also don't blame Brady Kachuk for being like, what the fuck? Chill out. We're trying our best here. Um, and I think that if you're if you're a Senators fan and you kind of, like, sleep on it a night, I think you can wake up the next morning and be like, I like what Brady Kachuk said there. I think that's a, a very good captainly move. I think it's... Uh, a lot of leadership skills being shown by a young guy and his frustrating frustrations coming out in a way that's pretty palatable if you're a Senators fan. If I'm Brady Kachuk, I'm missing the next game with a, a lacerated tongue from how much it must have been bleeding there because you know he wanted to be like, Jesus, fuck, like we're getting it from absolutely every direction. And as you said, like, and as he said, I understand why the fans would be bullshit, but... I agree with you. I think that that's the right mindset for Brady Kachuk to be like, all right, no one, no one fucking likes us. I guess we're just going to have to put our heads down and get through this. Cause I mean, it's the only way they've lost. They've lost five of six. Four of those have been at home. They were awful in the second period. Uh, the other day gave up. I think they were one, one through two and then gave up three in the second period and then just got booed off the ice. Like, they are a mess right now on the ice, off the ice. We don't have a fun Michael Andlauer press conference to save them every single time. I would love it, but like they, they need answers. Yeah, uh, let me ask you this question. If you had a hot seat meter, 
whose seat is hotter right now, DJ Smith or Jay Woodcroft? Uh, I think it's Jay Woodcroft because think, you just gave yeah. DJ Smith a vote of confidence right. like two and a half hours ago. <laughs> yeah. And people think you're cool as shit if you're Michael. An but by the way, do people think Michael Anlauer is cool? I or believe do so. we live in a bubble with Sean where we're all like, that guy's the fucking man, right? I don't really care. I don't really care what anybody else thinks. I like him. If you don't like Michael Anlauer, get a fucking life. If you didn't <laughs> see it, uh, Sean, do you have any of his press conference from uh, last week? I didn't do fucking shit. I didn't rig shit. I didn't fucking do this. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about any of this. This world's fucking so fucked up. I'm done. Do what you want. Pull the plug. I'll kill you. Yeah, that guy rocks. Uh, I think that the answer is Jay Woodcroft. Like, his seat sh is hotter right now. I think the answer should be DJ Smith. I agree. Because DJ Smith was a bad coach last year. And I think that you could have entered into this offseason being, like, short lease for, D for DJ Smith if it doesn't start off too hot. Um, but I think that the Oilers are in a more desperate position in terms of frustration and lack of flexibility for what they can do and for how much longer they can wait it out. So his seat is probably hotter. So should they have, I mean, they, should that have been a house cleaning press conference then that they had on what was it? Wednesday? No, because I don't think that you can tie the team struggles to, I, I don't think that it would, it would come off as throwing DJ Smith under the bus with Dorian for, for almost like no real related reason. So I don't think that you do it at that time. I wouldn't have given him the vote of confidence. That's for sure. Yeah, they, it's just that schedule wise, they were off for a while. They had that game against the Penguins uh, that they won, by the way. They'd won two straight. So it would have been weird if they did that, but they'd add some, I mean, they got smoked by the Sabres and the Red Wings the previous week. Two great teams. That's I mean, the Red Wings, I was ready to put them coming crashing back down to earth in the rundown for this show. But no, shout out the Red Wings. No, Red Wings rock. We could say something positive about them. They had the Bruins at first. Well, that, and that was a great win for the Red Wings. It was. Horrible loss for the Bruins. Yeah, it was a nice, uh, it was a gutsy win for the for Detroit. So shout out to them. Uh, third final team that is pissed, and it's once again north of the border. Who? The Toronto Maple Leafs. What? We talk about the Maple <laughs> Leafs on this show, so this should be the fun, cool, nice segment then, right? That's right. How are they uh, doing? Is everybody happy? Everybody's happy in Toronto. No problems there. I uh, like uh, Ryan Reeves being there. Is that good? Yeah, it's going well so far, that's for sure. Cool. That's definitely not a deal that they should have regretted immediately and already don't regret. Uh, yeah, I think I think we can get into the discussion of whether Brad Marchand officially broke the Toronto Maple Leafs. People forget this. Uh, the, the lone guest on our show so far, mm -hmm. there are no social clips of this, but Brad Marchand <laughs> was on our show last week, and he was great. If you haven't seen it, Check it out. Shout out uh, 1,000 Instagram followers uh, yeah. over the weekend. So Pete, pump the the things to subscribe to. What Chaos Show on Instagram. What Chaos Show basically everywhere except for TikTok, which is just What Chaos. I want everything to be What Chaos, but it, you know they were taken. So What Chaos Show everywhere except for TikTok, which is just What Chaos. Okay, so uh, last week, Bruins play the Leafs on Thursday. I watched it on DVR. I'd gone to Blue Man Group that night, actually. Oh, that's uh, Brad Marchand in the corner gets tangled up with Lilligren. Uh Lilligren goes down, we'll say. People uh people actually were calling it dirty and like can open and stuff like that. Like I honestly thought it was guys battling. Did we and talk I, about it last week? I don't no. Okay. No, because it was Thursday. Yeah, uh, I uh I didn't think that it was dirty. I, I think and that I think Marshawn's dirty. Maybe so, yeah, like, right. Uh, we can all agree that Marshan's done some dumb crap over the course of his career. He'll be the first person to tell you. He told us. Love the person. Uh, dirty right. player. Uh, it, it looked like a tr it could have been called a trip, but I don't think it was dirty. Uh, if anything, like Lilligren cuts into Marshan's ice. Right. And so, like, anybody who's calling for a suspension, I think, reaching a little bit just because it's Marshan. You got but perilously close to uh, talking about hits. That's we true. We don't talk about fucking hits on this show. We nope. don't break them down. Once you talk about like, oh, well, Lilligren's leg was, we should have a lunk alarm for breaking down hits <laughs> in this show. <laughs> we should. We should give give that to Sean. 
just and it's let just her rip. like <laughs> the department of fire safety, safety, safety. Yeah, so that set off a whole chain of events. The Leafs bench was talking to Marshand, and you can see in the corner that uh, one Tyler Bertuzzi having a great time reacting to what Marshan was saying, but who wasn't having a great time with that clip was our pal Steve Dangle. Roll the clip. Want to talk about someone else? Tyler! <laughs> it's pretty funny, huh? It's pretty funny. Get off the Toronto Maple Leafs. 10 points in seven games. All you were able to get is a $5 million one-year deal. I wonder why. What a teammate. What a teammate. Oh, yuck. What knee slapper was going on there on the ice? You just got demoted to the fourth line. Why? I could pull a Brad Marchand and kiss Steve Dangle for that clip. <laughs> for real. So fucking good. And so, since, like, you gotta know, folks. I don't know Steve too well. You know him better than I do. I do, yeah. That is a thousand percent from the heart. That yeah. ain't oh, some yeah. scripted. That, that is some real, like, when he yells, get off the Toronto Maple Leafs, he fucking means that. I mean, that is absolutely going to be cut and clipped and packaged for any time that we talk about the Maple Leafs the rest of the season. We don't want to talk about them anymore. Get off the Maple Leafs. Get off the Maple uh, Leafs. I sincerely love Steve with my whole heart, and I've been literally following Steve since I was a freshman in high school. So, <laughs> like, he was one of the first people that I was like, I want to do what this guy's doing because I love him so much. Absolute bozo and a Looney Tune sometimes. And I, I say that with all the love in my heart, but holy shit, what a clip. I also saw that clip. Uh, somebody had tweeted, uh, Bertuzzi needs to be saved from this fan base. Yeah. And it was a still of the shot on the bench. So I didn't know what the clip was. Yeah, I didn't know it, that it, it was me forever to watch it. So, yeah. like, I love that he is the like derogatory this fan base. Uh, uh, I, I love him. Uh, I love the Leafs fan base. It has been so fun to watch just be completely on fire to start this season. Um, yeah, the Ryan Reeves thing. Uh, Reeves came out this weekend and was talking about how like Marshan was lucky that Reeves wasn't on the ice uh, again. When it turns out, he actually was. They shared the ice, uh, I believe, in two separate shifts after that clip happened, uh, which... Tough look for Ryan Reeves to be the tough guy who's like, oh, you're lucky I wasn't out there. But you were. All right. We'll talk about Reeves, and then we'll talk about Bertuzzi. On the Reeves thing, just sign some moxie. Never fucking works. Just sign this guy, and now no one will mess with us. Does not fucking change the actual overall fortune of your team. The Sabres did it back in the day where they were like, we're going to get Steve Ott, and I forget who else they got. They got, like, another big-ass dude. And it's like, all right, you're going to fight a little bit more or something. But the whole, like, no one messes with you thing is so overstated, in my opinion. And the worst thing it does is it paints one player as a savior for some systematic, like, historical shit that's baked into a team. There's no one player you could say, like you could have given the Leafs Milan Lucic in like 2013 and they wouldn't have been a tough team, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it, it, I think it is valuable to have those guys. Uh, you definitely have to have that element and that edge to your game, but like it has to, it has to spill into the team culture. Like you can't hire um, basically a mercenary and be like, handle 100% of this um, of this job and this task for this team, which, you know, to the Leafs' credit, they tried not to. They, they got Reeves, they got Bertuzzi, they got Domi, and I think that they were hoping that that would change the culture. It clearly hasn't through the first dozen games or so. Like, this team just has no balls. It has no balls. It has no edge. Those guys haven't changed a thing. It's made it even more embarrassing that they haven't responded in, in situations like that. But I, I don't want to like say that you, there is no importance for a guy like Reeves or like Bertuzzi no, or, no, or like Domi. The, the idea that they're a plug-in cure-all, which is right. always how they're treated. Exactly. They're always seen as Good. Now no one will fuck with us. Yes, they fucking will. It's one guy. Right, but you, you, they will. Teams will always fuck with you. Yeah. If they find the opportunity, they will fuck with you. 
making them think about it because they may have to pay for it later is there is value in that. Um, I think it's becoming increasingly dated, though. Well, I, I think I think employing guys for that sole purpose is becoming increasingly dated. Yeah. Like the thing about Ryan Reeves is that he's not a great hockey player <laughs> outside of that. Um, like that's that's the element that he brings. But there are a lot of guys across the league who bring that element while also contributing uh, offensively, you know, defensively just having a positive impact i think that you have to be a, a well-rounded player in today's nhl where if you're bringing that you have to bring something else too and ryan reeves as he gets older in his career is bringing less and less of the other stuff and that's what brings us to tyler bertuzzi because i think that you sign a ryan reeves and ideally if there's a power forward out there which like good power forwards are not only tough to get they're tough to get without fucking up your roster because you generally have to pay dearly for them mm -hmm. and the contracts always age horribly. Leafs know it with Clarkson, Milan Lucic in Edmonton. Like Boston fans right now, when Lucic is happy, they're healthy as a clam because they have him for a million dollars. But when you have to pay $7 million or whatever for that, it's tough. I, as a Bruins observer, didn't want... Boston to sign Tyler Bertuzzi, whom I love just because I didn't think that contract was going to age well. Him on a one-year deal should be the fucking cat's pajamas. <laughs> and yeah. it isn't. And I don't totally know why he isn't fitting in there. He should, especially being on a one-year deal. He's got a great mindset and attitude. Like, he's the type of player who I would think would actually show the fuck out on mm -hmm. a one-year deal what's happening with him there uh i think there might be too much pressure on him to be like a guy and i know that that might sound weird to say in toronto where they have a lot of guys they got, like, they, the their top guys. six yeah. is stacked but like bertuzzi coming in as sort of the headliner in the off season i think adds a lot of pressure whereas when he came to boston last year that team was already stacked uh, he was just kind of a, a plug-in, and I think that he could blend into the background and contribute and do it. And because he seems like the kind of guy who likes to be left alone and just show up every day, do his job, and boys. leave. And whether it's the pressure of being in Toronto and like that media, that landscape, or whatever, or just the pressure of being the big off-season signing to get them over the top, I think there might be a little bit too much pressure on him. Maybe the contract year also doesn't help. Uh, with him having to, you know, make his money for next summer, that could be another added element. But I think that, the, that he's probably feeling it every day off the ice as well. It surprised me that Detroit didn't sign him. It surprised me anyway that he got a one-year deal. And I know that teams are very tied up against the cap and that maybe this could be a next-year thing where the cap goes up and then everybody can spend. But when he didn't go back to Detroit, I was like, what am I... What am missing, I missing here? Yeah. They got they get a free first round pick. Do and this has happened a lot across other leagues. Where you trade a guy at the deadline, say, "Hey, come back to us in the off season. We'll talk, see if it can work." Detroit's, I guess, doing just fine-ish. Got to brink it, man. Without him, yeah. Dylan Larkin's like, tears were dried up pretty quickly when uh, when they signed Alex to brink it. Yeah, I, I will defend, uh, and I was talking to Sean about this. Uh, I'll defend Bertuzzi laughing on the bench. Because that laugh I don't think could that's mean a big deal. anything. Yeah. That laugh could be like he knows Mar. He said guy. before the game, he was like, "I know Marshan. I know he's gonna try to pull some shit." Yeah. Uh, and that's that was my reaction to it. Obviously, I understand the frustration if you're a Toronto fan and he's not really performing, and then he does that. It's like you need to bring one thing or the other, like produce or be a thorn in in the other team side. And he wasn't either of those things. But I still, I think an overreaction. All right, what uh we should get to the to the next thing. Yes, uh there has been a the biggest news of the weekend. Uh, another member of the 2010 Blackhawks is uh suing the team. The Blackhawks were named a defendant in a lawsuit from a John Doe. He's a member of the Black Aces, which is like the postseason practice squad, alleging that former video coach Brad Aldrich groomed, harassed, threatened, and assaulted him during the 29-10 season, and the Blackhawks suppressed his complaint. This is all from a Chicago Tribune uh, story, by the way. The lawsuit names the Hawks as the sole defendant, seeks a jury trial. He's the second member of that 2010 Cup-winning team to come forward about 
Aldrich, uh, Kyle Beach reached the settlement with the team in December 2021 and fined the Blackhawks. Uh, and the, I'm sorry, the Blackhawks were fined $2 million by the NHL. Aldrich, uh, if you don't know, left the Hawks after that season, June 2010, had some other jobs. Yeah, maybe, where, the, wor- maybe the worst part is we went to work with young people because the Blackhawks let him off the hook. Right. Went to, like, worked so with a younger, high school or a college yeah, team or something like that. And uh, had enough further incidents that he's a registered sex offender. Uh, the Blackhawks lawsuit allegations are, and this is again from the Chicago Tribune, that Aldrich sneaked into the bedroom while John Doe and a woman were having sex, tried to insert himself into the encounter, making his presence first known by playing with John Doe's feet in the dark, offered to pay for John Doe to receive sexual favors from masseuse if Aldrich could watch, and on multiple occasions approached John Doe from behind, grabbed him in a hugging gesture, ground his penis against John Doe's back and rear end through his clothes, sent harassing text messages, uh, and sent a text message stating that he could give oral sex better than any woman could. We have the uh, Blackhawks statement that they then put out to the Chicago Tribune saying that they take the allegations of workplace misconduct and organizational response very seriously. It's why over two years ago they commissioned an extensive independent investigation into the troubling events that occurred in 2010. We've changed a lot as a result of what happened, implemented numerous positive improvements throughout the organization to ensure the safety and well-being of our players and employees. This includes completely rebuilding the leadership team with personnel who demonstrate our values and bring the right subject matter expertise in the critical areas of compliance and human resources and expansive mental health program and now reporting mechanisms and training for all employees until we learn more about this pending litigation we will refrain from commenting with any additional specifics obviously fucking horrible that there is more than one case of this with aldrich and the blackhawks uh obviously credit to the victim for coming forward it's not always possible or easy for victims to do that so that's a step in the right direction, but Jesus fucking Christ. I know. I mean, every every single thing that you learn more about this dude just is worse and worse. Like, it's all-time fucking weirdo and just horrible dude. Um, and I, I liked Mark Lazarus's column on it yesterday, and it was, he basically said, you know, it's good to be excited about the Blackhawks right now and Connor Bedard and kind of the future of that franchise and turning the page. But it also is important to remember that, like, you can't just leave this shit behind and you have to also recognize, learn lessons and remember kind of how you got here and where you fucked up in the past. And, you know, there is a lot of talk about the Blackhawks and kind of moving forward this year and, it, the the Kyle Beach stuff seems like forever ago now because of the Bedard mania, but it's important to kind of keep that in your your brain as well. Oh yeah, people are still hurting from right. the especially people of yesteryear, especially like seeing the I would assume like especially seeing the excitement around the Blackhawks, the people that are still hurting because of the Aldrich stuff are probably like yo, also. This happened, and don't turn the page so quickly. All right, this is uh, this. It's a young show. We're figuring out what it is. We have a pretty strong idea of what it's going to be. It's going to be fun stuff with players and everything, and we're going to talk about whatever's happening in the NHL. But uh, we all agreed that th- this is where it's appropriate to be newsy and catch yeah. people up, and just like make sure everybody knows what's uh, going on with shit uh on and off the ice in the nhl yeah i mean like i would i would love to not cover this stuff i'd love to love not to talk not about it. i would love for it to not exist but when stuff like this happens we will have to t- have to talk about it because we want to cover the good and bad we want to keep anybody who listens to the show up to date on what's going on in the nhl whether it's good or bad um but like obviously not gonna make fucking jokes about this uh, shit yeah <laughs> you guys will know uh when we're being fun and when we're being serious, we've also got some, like we have some stuff from people in the can for this show. Not all of it is a barrel of laughs. We talk about real stuff. If you listen to the stuff that Pete and I do anyway, we're both depressed therapy going men. And, uh, we take 
what should be taken seriously seriously and we fuck around with the other stuff i'll tell you what uh, i've been fucking around with i know what you're about to say gut health gut health Pete had not had Olipop until Sean, recently. Get in here. And get in here. There you go. Once we were kicking around places we want to work with, Pete found out about Olipop through me talking about my gut health. He's on his second fucking Olipop right now. This I is his am. second Olipop second of, Olipop the of day. the show. Not even of the day of the show. What, fl- what flavors you got? Uh, I initially got the cream soda, which was delicious. You're a big cream soda guy, aren't you? I'm not a big cream soda guy, but you were talking about like, yo, why'd they send us cream soda? I just Who haven't seen a whole lot of people on, drink on cream soda yet. No, like I like cream soda. I like to raw dog some cream soda once in a while. Nice. And then here's a strawberry vanilla uh, Olipop. Also both 10 out of 10. Strawberry vanilla is 10 out of 10. Very good. Yes. It's the only flavor because I crush the cream soda. I crush the classic cola. I do the root beer. You know when something's so good that you like can't move on from it? Like it's like a child. Like my nephews are watching The Nightmare Before Christmas every day because they just found out about that movie and they're like, yo, this shit bangs. I got to watch this all the time. I'm pummeling the classic cola so much that I haven't even tried the strawberry vanilla. And okay. here you are saying it's a 10 out of 10. It's a 10 out of 10. And it's a 10 out of 10 for gut health because it's prebiotic. That's right, not it's, probiotic. It's so prebiotic that you're going to be feeling bionic. We made that joke last <laughs> week. It didn't hit any harder then. But <laughs> two out of three Americans say they suffer from digestive issues. And 95% of Americans don't get the daily recommended amount of fiber. Well, Olipop is tackling both of those issues in a drink that tastes just like soda. I stress to you, again, it doesn't taste like it's trying to be something. No, it doesn't. It it's, doesn't at all. It is Olipop. Like, it's the only way I could put it. It's it's soda, and it's Olipop, and it's not a ton of sugar under five grams. Sean, are you on that Olipop tip? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, my I'm God. The, the grape, a good grape soda. Mm. Grape soda goes so hard. And Olipop, uh, by the way, keto-friendly, if you're into that world, that's a fun thing I've done before. Uh, or it's vegan friendly. Really, it's it's such a cheat code. And they're so confident, are our friends at Olipop, that you will love their products, that they offer a 100% money back guarantee for orders placed through their website. So use the code CHAOS for 20% off your next Olipop order on drinkolipop.com. Olipop can also be found in over 22 thousand stores across the country including walmart target and whole foods peter my mouth is watering thinking about that grape soda but i gotta dip i gotta tap into the strawberry we didn't strawberry vanilla we didn't buy these they were sent to us by our friends but i'll tell you what if i bought these off the website with that 20 percent off code i'd be i'd not be getting my money back because i would be satisfied what would you be uh how what code would you be Punching in there. Chaos, baby. Chaos. What do we call this place, by the way? Do we call this like the Chaos Studio? What do we call our fans? I think that's something that we kind of have to let come naturally. Organically? Um, yeah. So I do, I do want to Still call, in the early stages. I do want listeners to be called uh, what nuts. Because you would what think nuts? that you would do something off of chaos. What nuts? Yeah. I like that. Like what nuts? I think the, like the obvious Deadheads. one would be like agents. Agents They'd of chaos? They'd be the agents of chaos. I like that. Uh, you've posed a question over the weekend. Is it time to start worst team ever watch? And I think you were talking about what, what team would you be talking about? The Toronto about? Maple Leafs. No, 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 <laughs> Peter. Cut it uh, out. The San Jose Sharks. 0 and 11, or I guess 0, 10 and 1 yeah, to come start on. the season. Be nice. Uh, 11 straight losses tied for an NHL record. If they lose the next one, they're the, the new worst team ever out of the gate. So I think it's time to start the discussion is this, this is quite possibly the worst team that the NHL has ever seen. I think the question I'll give you is, are they maybe working their way out of it, moving towards it? Is there anything you've seen in the last two games, say, that yes. maybe make you think uh, that they're, it's just right around the corner? How are their goals? Have they allowed, have they allowed 20 goals the last game? They have two allowed games? 20 goals. They have. That is. But they scored one goal the first night that mm-hmm. they allowed 10 goals. Then they scored two goals the second night. So we are moving in the right direction. Don't let the Sharks get hot. That's right. Do not let the Sharks get hot. Uh, We're trying to figure out when will they win? What would it look like? Sean, please tell me. Do you have it? 
the things. If not, the odds. That's okay. No, 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 okay. not the odds. I got on my uh, my Chat GPT. Oh God, bullshit again. <laughs> that's okay if we don't have it. Uh, okay, we don't have it. But what, what was the prompt to Chat Chat BB, Chat Chat uh, BBG? <laughs> I asked uh, Chat GPT, Sean. It's in your text, I believe. Uh, no sweat if it takes a minute. I asked Chat GPT, what would it look like if the sharks won? And Chat GPT was like, what does that mean? <laughs> they literally That's didn't know. Incredible. Yeah. I texted it right to you, Sean. Uh, and they said, we can give you pictures of sharks celebrating a victory. Or do you mean the sharks winning oh, really? hockey? And I was like, we're not allowed to. I wasn't allowed to say Ryan Reynolds or Free Guy or anything. Yeah, but now you can say the Sharks. I mean, they used yeah. the Pittsburgh Penguins logo on the right. So like, maybe they're NHL friendly. Maybe there is an NHL license involved somewhere. Well, Sh Sean's cooking on that, so we can get back to that once he's ready with it. But uh, do you think the Sharks do become the worst team of all time? Um, I'm not willing to rule it out at this point. I, I think their roster isn't as bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not this bad especially like? up front yeah i mean they got thomas hurdle yeah i mean logan couture is hurt but like he's on the roster uh i like anthony duclair he scored a goal over the weekend and somebody asked him about it and he was like why the fuck are you asking me about a goal that i scored in a 10 to 2 loss he literally said like we we gave up 10 goals who gives a shit that i scored yeah i that's the right answer but it's also the right question because what the fuck are you going to ask those guys <laughs> yeah. in that room after? That's where like it sucks being a beat writer. You have to go in and be like, what do you think happened out there? And they yeah. speak in hushed tones and they're like, uh, uh, well, you got to go back and try to do it again tomorrow. Unless you're the man like Brady Kachuk and you're yeah. like, look, man, we're fucking trying. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not shocked that the, the Sharks are a disaster on the back end because their entire uh, defensive group and their goaltending is just a bunch of jabronis who yeah. I it, it's tough on the back end and it's more surprising to me that they've scored 12 goals in 11 games 12 goals in 11 games with an 873 save percentage in net you're not winning any games uh, well I mean we talked about uh, my namesake DJ Smith mm -hmm. we talked about my Oil man, Jay Woodcroft, is a uh, friend of the show, Quinny, in any sort of trouble. Either. Shouldn't be. He's, he, I saw him answering questions in post-game interviews, which I guess it's kind of fair to be like, you've given up 10 goals in two straight games, first team to do that since like 1965. Fair to ask the question like, are you a little bit worried for your job now? But he shouldn't be worried for his job. The Sharks should be thrilled with how he's coaching. They're supposed to lose games. Yeah. All, and also, I know Sharks fans aren't going to want to hear this. It's too soon. It, like, I mean, it's 11 games. They've lost 11 games. On, no, but like I'm saying into the David Quinn tenure. Like, Correct, yeah. This, like, he we're has, bringing you on to get through this rebuild. Right. Build. And typically, teams do talk about, like, this is how many years you have. And a lot of times, you end up getting canned before that. And that's where the, the NHL and professional sports uh, aren't totally fair. I'm over the corner of my eye. I can see I know. Sean working. I'm trying to not look at it. It's so fucking funny. Uh, but it's too early to pull the well, plug Well, he on. hasn't been given a fair shot. He hasn't been given a good roster. I, I don't like the idea of firing a coach. I mean, it will be tough if they go 0-82. Like, you got to win some games, even if you're given a shit roster. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's too early. I think he's doing what the Sharks need him to do. They need to lose. Mm. Um, I think the, the bigger question for me is I have two questions. I'll get to this one first. Who do you think they beat first? Because they have an interesting little schedule coming up, and I'm I'm looking at there's an Oilers game, and uh, they don't play the Oilers next. They play the Oilers the game after their next game. I think this is a shaping up for an awesome opportunity for the Oilers Oilers to hit like code red by giving the Sharks their first one of the season. I think. The Sharks need to beat the Flyers tomorrow, Tuesday. Like, I or think what? That, uh, <laughs> right, like it's not going <laughs> to change the fortunes of their team. But like, if the Oilers should be seeing them as food, 
But I know that you're right, and the Oilers are a, a mess. And Nobody wants to talk can, about it. The Flyers are a little respectable this year. Flyers are respectable, but they're also a little banged up right now. Yeah. So I think the Sharks, if they wanted to not get like really, really, really bad, which it already is, if they don't want it to get even worse, beat the Flyers tomorrow, and then you can go and lose three in a row probably or go like – Oh, two and one against the Oilers Knights who the Knights got. I'd be pissed off right now. They're like, what the fuck? Somebody beat us and the ducks and they got the Panthers. Boy, oh boy, this could be. So the Sharks upcoming schedule, Flyers, Oilers, Knights, Ducks, Panthers, and then finally the Blues, mm-hmm. which like, I think they're winning. The, if I, like if I can bet that Blues game right now. You can. I think like sharks win that. I mean, one. there are there are uh, look ahead. Abi- yeah, there's an ability to bet on who the sharks get their first win against on FanDuel. Well, uh, thanks to Chat GPT and Kevin O'Connor for teaching me how to use all these things. Uh, we do know what it would look like if the sharks won. Folks who are watching, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. Pete, could you describe to anybody who's just yeah, listening on audio? If you're listening on Spotify or wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, this is basically a uh, like a birthday party banner <laughs> that says "We won," and some angry and happy looking sharks. One with a crown on its head, uh, kind of like the Finding Nemo shark. That's you know, fr- fish your friends, not food. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's buried treasure that they're <laughs> swimming above. There's some party horns in there. This is, just looks like a real party. We for sure need to tweet that. Yes. Yeah, Hopefully well, when tomorrow the win, against yeah. the Flyers and not on Thursday against the Oilers. And then uh, for content purposes, I'm really hoping that the Sharks get their first win against the Oilers. Oh, my God. And uh, I think Woodcroft would be gone if that happened. Probably. But, uh, then they also offered, they said, or did you mean like the hot, like the San Jose Sharks? Because here's what that would look like. Oh, that's not bad. I, that I, one's confusing. They don't have any. They don't have licensing on the Stanley Cup, but that's pretty close to the Stanley Cup. Uh, it, the, well, the one on the left is the one on the right is like a golf trophy or something. Yeah, and if you'll notice, the one on the right has hockey players, and the one on the left is a bunch of animals. There's oh, I like didn't a Wookiee see, I didn't see in the that. mix. Which honestly, I that, saw that. Brent and Burns. I, I thought it was Brent Burns. Yeah, and I was like, he's not on the team anymore. Chat GPT, get your shit together. That's uh, I mean, that's a cool we got to tweet that too i mean we got to we should just let it rip on all of them so that's what the other one's funnier this one's more uh photorealistic i guess we're going for a good social presence by the way so follow us on everything if i were tweeting these i would just tweet them with nothing (laughs) i would just put them out there uh but we've got a nice brain trust here and some of our social shit man doing well the marshawn clips yeah. Are doing well. Yeah. Uh, I did see a comment last night that said uh, the thing about the shrinking captains. It said, this is a stupid question. Who I produced did, this? I did see that, yeah. It was, Which... we, uh, our finest doctors were on it, uh, <laughs> scientists. Uh, we just asked if the Ducks, or I'm sorry, if the Sharks are the worst team ever. Mm-hmm. Are the Ducks the best team ever? Uh, I mean... They, they're a wagon. They're, they're, they're looking like what the Sabres were... Last year, slash, like, what are the Sabres are supposed to be this year? Like, they're the most fun team in the NHL I'm right so now. I'm so glad we haven't talked about the Sabres yet on this show. I know. We're, we're waiting we for can't it. The Sabres are fun. good now. Like, yeah. But uh, the Ducks are, are fun, man. The Ducks, that team, I tweeted last night, that team, the Ducks are dogs, if, if there's one way to put it, because uh, f- six straight wins right now for yep. Anaheim. Five of those wins have included a third-period comeback. So never count out that team. Uh, they are a, a scrappy little bunch. Uh, Mason McTavish rocks. He's had three game-winning mm-hmm. goals. He leads that team in points. Uh, he he for sure looks like the real deal. I, I'm not willing to say that this Ducks team isn't the real deal either. I don't I don't necessarily think that like they're a Stanley Cup contender, but this team could be a playoff team. I, I don't think I see a whole lot here that's not sustainable. One day, maybe we can put it on like the. Uh the Patreon that we have for our uh, other uh, doings. But one day we'll show the pilot episode of What Chaos. When we were shopping this show around, we did some pilot stuff, and it was before the NHL draft lottery, and we talked about 
for whom it would be rigged and who we wanted them to go to and which team would do something dumb a la hiring uh, like uh, a coach that wouldn't work with the young player and all that stuff. Uh, my pick for Connor Bedard was please have him go to the Ducks because I th that roster outside of Zegras, that's just a fun roster. I love that Frank Vetrano has come alive and is I like, like that Zegras is like your first pick for actual stud. What? I, like if I was, I know that he's probably like the most name brand guy, but I think he's yeah, probably Perry? like the third or fourth best player on that no, team. No, he's not the best player. Even That's no, what I'm saying. saying. Like he's like the flashy guy. Right, exactly. And, but I also don't like that with Zegris, every time you talk about him, we have to be like, you know, he's not like that good, right? Like he's got some like, I mean, clips. if that discourse continues, he might end up being underrated. You think so? Like if everybody's just like, he's not that good of a player. I mean, no, he's, a, he's a good player. I'm not <laughs> saying he's not that good. I'm saying he's not like that good. He's not that not good. That good. He's not, he's not, his team's kind of a fucking wagon. Uh, hope to get Frank Vitrano, by the way. Zegers has been point. like the least talked about guy, I feel like. This uh, year? For, yeah. Like for all. For, if no, you were the to, last two years, people haven't shut the fuck up about it. Right. Because they thought that he needed to carry that team. I think it's becoming more clear that he doesn't need to carry that team. Uh, and like right now, if you had said before the season the Ducks were going to win six straight games, basically heading into the early November. Uh, you would think that Trevor Zegers would be a big part of that. He hasn't really been. Uh, it's been Frank for Toronto, Troy Terry, Mason McTavish, like that group. And all of those dudes are, are really good. So this love is a Troy good team, Terry. good young team. And uh, I love Troy Terry too. Absolute uh, very, very good player. Um, by the way, I just said absolute stud. Another thing we're going to shoot for on this show, we're fine with people referring to every hockey player as a beauty. That's just typically not our real like lexicon. Nope. We're not going to, we don't say things like chill too much, but we love people who do. If you notice, though, that we're a hockey show that doesn't talk like that, don't be alarmed. We are just, uh, we love you anyway. Kind of speaking our language. Uh, Got to give some credit to Greg Cronin, Ducks coach. Yes. Uh, when you have a team that young that is coming off a year in which you, they were terrible, uh, they look confident. They look uh, a little fearless. Mm -hmm. They're going to the dirty areas, they're coming from behind. Uh, they look good and they look like a well-coached team. So a lot of credit to Cronin. Uh, I think that he's, he's turning the ship around there. A lot of confidence to be had in this start. Uh, we're going to tease a very special guest on tomorrow's show. But uh, first, let's do our three stars from the weekend. And thank the heavens, Pete. Jack Hughes is merely week to week. Merely week to week, so I have to give a uh, a big old first star Whoa. to the doctors that saved that guy's life, apparently, because this has been the most dramatic injury saga that you could ever hope for in the early going. I know Connor McDavid got injured, but like the Jack Hughes injury was a real soap opera because it, it looked rough when he went into the boards shoulder first, and just the, dr the dramatics and like the discourse that was coming out of that was like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? Oh my God, Jack Hughes, is he like, is he in jeopardy? Is he, is he, is he like, are we going to see him again? So all the shit that you're saying right now, like making a face as you be yeah. like, how ridiculous was that? I was doing all that. I, I was mean, like, for sure. Like, oh I was my worried. God, no, not Jack Hughes. I was worried and I would have been devastated if Jack Hughes was injured long-term because especially with the way that he started the season. Jack Hughes is one of the best players in the NHL, and uh, when a healthy Jack Hughes is on the ice, the league is better for it. Uh, but, like, we could have calmed down a little bit. It didn't look like he was going to be, like, gone for the season, at least in my mind. It was maybe a few months, and, like, that would have been bad, but everybody was acting like P.K. worst-case scenario avoided. P.K. Subban couldn't eat <laughs> right. for, like, days. He was missing his ESPN and it's chips not, because he was in church. And it's not like the Devils would have crumbled if Jack Hughes was out of the lineup. They have a good team. I think there was going to be some, like, Firelandy chance. <laughs> there always are. I hope that that never ends. That just, like, depending on whether they win they, or lose. They're up, like, 3-1 in the Stanley Cup final, and they lose game uh, game five. And it's just Firelandy chance. Firelandy, and then they win the cup, and it's, uh, sorry, Lindy. Thank you, Lindy. Yes. I just like the idea of... Finding a new way to communicate with the coach. Let people know what's on your mind. Just be like, hey, we as a group just want to check in with you, Lindy. We think you're doing a good job. Uh, I got a star that's got to go. Uh, the way of Ryan O'Reilly 
he had a hat trick in that uh, win over the Oilers. I think a uh, guy. You're get, obsessed with mentioning that. Get what? <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly had well, a hat trick I, I, over the I Oilers. I wanted to mention it at some point in the show, and I put it both in the beginning and in the end to make sure I got to it at some point. So shout out to a guy who a little long in the tooth, changing teams. People wonder what are they going to be. Good for Ryan O'Reilly, but my real star goes to uh, Zdeno Chara because he completed the New York City Marathon in 3.19.19, an improvement on his 3.38.23 in the Boston Marathon this year. And if you're saying, wait, he did the Boston Marathon and the New York City Marathon? Oh, yeah, because he's done six marathons this year and four in the last six weeks. Did you know there was a Jackson Hole Marathon? I did not. I didn't until Zdeno Chara ran it. Zdeno Chara, who's got to be, what, 46 now, I think? Just a million years old. I'm not far behind, so I can say that. I'm like 11 years behind. But old ass, like, should be, like, washed, retired athlete or whatever. The man is a freak. And I think 319.19 is like an actual... Good time. I don't know anything about marathons, but I'm pretty sure like that's what I ran a half marathon in once upon a time. Yeah, I, I it it honestly makes me sick that he's doing this because like you should run one marathon maybe if you're a psychopath mm-hmm. in a year. <laughs> Two marathons, you've got something wrong with you. And you said what? Six or six. five and six weeks or something? Six, six in the year. Four in or I'm sorry, yeah, four and six. That weeks. is that's absolutely like sociopath level something's wrong with you get it together find some other ways to spend so your on time. the scale it's like one psychopath uh four to six is what in six weeks is whatever what is it if you're if you run a jackson hole marathon like is that, that the, that's like, like, that's got to be rock bottom not, not to make rock a pun up <laughs> yes right well jackson hole it's got to be bottom right it's a hole yeah but it's so, also the top of the list Fair. And Zdeno Chara famously is uh, taller than a lot of people. Like if you're going to small market marathons, you you really it's like you've really got a problem. You got to take a look at yourself. What if you were running your first marathon and you get up to that line? When the, the, the you've ever done one of those races? No, you know that like I just but, said. But you, if know you do like one of those. Big, you're you got an issue. <laughs> so I do a lot of things that mean we all do a lot of things that's, that mean that's we have true. issues. But when you arrive at one of those things. It's not like everyone's at a starting line and they run. It's just like a block of people filled up and they're like, okay, uh, go. (laughs) And then you all start running. So when you're standing, imagine standing around that group and it's your first time running the marathon and you're like, I'm going to pick one off the beaten path. Like, I don't know, Jackson hole. And you show up you get there. You're a little nervous. You're like, I wonder if I got what it takes. And fucking Zdeno Chara is standing next to you. He's going to be like locked in with that pregame Zdeno Chara shit. I would try to uh I would try to run as close to behind Zdeno Chara as I could for that entire marathon cuz you ever hear the concept of drafting? Yes, I, but I don't really know what it means. It means the airflow that comes uh will like r- like in race car driving it like flows over the windshield and it prevents more resistance. So if you draft behind a car, you're missing that airflow that uh, provides resistance and you have like an easier time. And I think you save gas mileage. Ah. It's why when, some people drive really close behind like 18 wheelers sometimes, which is super dangerous and you shouldn't do. But like, yeah, uh, get in me theory, su- saves you gas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's the, the air though. drag. So I would it's to save gas in a marathon. I would run very close to the Zdeno Chara. But and this is a family friendly show. You have to consider if you're running behind, if you're drafting of a, an extremely tall person, where is your face measuring to mine's that, right. that person? Mine's body? right in this Jackson hole. I would, like I think like mine would be yours is like full, you're probably getting like some like knees, which is fine, <laughs> but you're getting a lot of sweat either way. I'm not just saying like just like any tall person, you're gonna be aligned with all that. So marathon runners, that's your uh tip. Also, I want to make one of my stars uh Ryan O'Reilly. We've got a very special show coming your way tomorrow. We said that Marshawn is not the only star guest we have on the show. We said we have more. Here it is. The Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select. 
I was just like getting called a robot. Do you mind that? I just play hockey, guys. Connor Bedard on right. the show tomorrow. Yep. Uh, very exciting. Um, and if you heard it in that clip, he's been called a robot before. So it's our investigative report into finding out whether or not Connor Bedard has a, a personality, whether we can make him laugh. That was a big goal of ours. So uh, let's let's see how it goes. But I, I'm very excited that we have Bedard on the show as our second guest. That's a big thing. The cool thing about pre taping these is if we don't think they're that good we don't need to pub them that much and we can just kind of let them fly under the radar we're telling you don't miss this it's a good interview this it's is a good the interview. like I, in preparing for this i was on my nardwar shit watching and reading everything i could about connor bedard this other than connor bedard playing hockey is the best connor bedard piece of content that will be out there. I would tend to agree. Uh, I'm I'm very excited about it. I was very excited about once we wrapped. Uh, they they were great. Um, we'll have more um, from that trip later on. But the Bedard uh, interview is obviously the the gem, and yes. we're excited Bedard and, to bring uh, it Kevin to you. Kevin Korchinski tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. It would, I was thinking it would be funny if we like tease like with the with the first pick. The Chicago Blackhawks select, and then it's like uh, all the Bedard highlights, and then it's, you know, tomorrow on What Chaos, Kevin Korchinski. I would take Korchinski first overall. Have you watched any, have you watched like much Blackhawks sure this have. year? Sure yeah. He's a fucking he's stud. Awesome. Yeah. I love that kid. Yeah, he's very good. He uh, had a good assist on a Bedard goal yep. recently. And Took, when found I, him right below uh, on the goal line. Right it was the Bedard net. from Foligno and Korchinski. We're hoping to do something with uh, Nick Foligno at some point. Maybe that could be down the road. But I saw that goal. I touched my heart. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, our nice boys. Connor Bedard tomorrow. That's Monday's episode. We'll speak to you live on YouTube. If you're hearing this on uh, in podcast form, we do go live. This on one YouTube. is live. Yeah, this is live and we'll talk to you tomorrow thank you sean live at noon est chaos